Welcome back for another episode of Lead with Purpose podcast with me, Shishing Yang, where we talk about purpose, marketing, mindset, and how to launch, grow, and scale a purpose-driven business. Today we have Sue Parker with us, and Sue is a passionate entrepreneur, podcast host, and speaker. Sue is on a mission to help people to create a lifestyle business beyond traditional careers, creating more freedom, more time, and more money. Yes, it is possible. So welcome, Sue. Hi, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. It's good to have you here. So, so I'm going to dive right in here um, because you started a, um, you used to be in sort of more nine to five in a corporate environment. And now you are a um, running your own business, advising and coaching people on how to create the more freedom and more time and more money for themselves. So can you just take us back a little bit? How did that journey actually start? So why did you make the shift? Absolutely. So probably one of the trigger points was having my son. So my son's now seven. And at that point, I I had this idea of that life should be like most of us, you go through school and college, and if you do university, great. But you have this idea that the objective of life is to get a good job, to advance your career, get more promotions, get a better status, a job title, better salary, bigger house, bigger car, get married, have kids. You know, we all know that traditional structure of what your life is supposed to be in Western culture, certainly in the UK and in the US, I know. And I, I'd kind of gone on this on this journey and really struggled through my 20s to try and advance my career because as a woman, any woman who's in a corporate knows it can be challenging. You can end up in a white male corporate where you're bumping your head against a glass ceiling. Uh, you don't understand why you're not getting recognized. And I did a lot of sidestepping and struggling with my career before I actually made it to a head of department. And I was I was really pleased. And I thought that was the, the goal. That was like success. And all I've got to do is the next level. But what I realized when I had my son is I didn't have much time. He was going to be in nursery full time. You know, I'd drop him off at half seven. I'd pick him up at six. I still had work in the evening to do and lots of pressures. And it was just kind of a wake up call to me to go, well, do we really have to live this life? And, you know, we're of a generation where for the most part, most partners have to work. You can't afford not to because you create this almost dependency in your bigger and bigger house and your bigger and bigger car. And, don't you know, we weren't too extravagant. We were just normal. So if you look down the street, every, every one of us was doing the same. And we all thought in comparison to our peers at school, we were doing well. And even your parents say this, don't they? Oh, they're doing well. They've got a good job. And you know what that means. That So that sets your conditioning that this is what you should do. So that's probably the first time. And then I remember, you know, going back after mat leave and being like, well, can I work from home more? Can I? And this is pre-pandemic, obviously, it's seven years ago. Can I have more flexibility? Could I go part-time? And the reality was professional jobs, the, the tone that companies were taking was, that doesn't work for us, Sue. Yeah, we're not interested. But, you know, you can go and get some shop work if you like, but I'd worked really hard. I was like a skilled person who'd worked hard in a profession, was pretty capable at business systems. I was a project manager. Um, I was a business analyst. I could build websites. I was kind of like, why do I need to go get shop work? Can't, can't you work with me? And there just wasn't the flexibility there. And it, really frustrated me so I I kind of I gave in because you have commitments and you'll feel trapped in this life and and I and I went back to work and my son I didn't hardly see him I'd drop him off he'd be crying at nursery and I even remember you know if you fast forward it years into school 
he'd be in late after school club, late after school club is until six. And I get there some nights at five to six to pick him up. And he'd say, Hey, I wish you'd just come a bit earlier. Why can't you come earlier next time? And I say, why? What's up? And he'd say, I'm the only kid there. Everyone else has gone home. It's me and the teacher. And I thought of the guilt that I was racked with. I'm dropping him off at breakfast club at half seven. By this point, I then, you know, had my daughter and I just thought something's got to change. And she was a real trigger for me to sort of go, okay, you can do something about this. And I I opened my eyes up to the possibility. I always call it a bit of an enlightenment. And I know it's probably not, you know, that's a bit too of a big word for it. But my breakthrough was getting online, seeing other people create businesses that work for their lives. So a different type of business, you could call it a lifestyle business. But for me, it wasn't about laptop on the beach. For me, it was simply about laptop in my life. That means I can do the kids pick up, I can bring them home and I can finish at three or every Tuesday I could take them to after school club or to swimming or I could be part of the school play or I could help the PTA. It was for me, it was about that sort of freedom at first. And that was what was really important is how are these other people doing it? And I just I just went hook, line and sink it into how does online business work? How does digital products work? how can I start to create a side hustle? And that's when I started to create my first coaching business and my first course and I'm figuring out email marketing and blogs and building websites with a completely different objective than I had before for clients. Mm, Great. So do you think that, um, I think this is a lot of us goes through this journey when we become a mother or a parent, that we are re-evaluating what is important to us is I think especially during the lockdown a lot of us did like we actually got to spend so much more time with our families and then coming out of it thinking why don't I do this more often it's actually really important right so what um what so you touched on it a little bit uh when you said that what success looked like in your previous um job how does success look like to you now and do you think it's possible to have it all um you know as a parent oh that's a really good question okay so first off success now to me is you know I actually don't care about this arbitrary title for me it's it's more about do I have the flexibility in my life to attend those things for the kids that's what's important that's part of my values now I realize that family and the quality time we spend with each other is more important the ability to travel I really wanted the freedom to be able to say for three months I'm going to take time take the summer off with the kids we're going to go traveling we're going to do some stuff together and I wasn't able to do that I wasn't able to take more than two weeks at a time in paid employment and you know to have that freedom and flexibility it was like well how do I create this in my life and you know having a firm focus on my family and my my time to live a quality life is far more important than having a big paycheck, a nice car and having some really fancy title that people say I'm doing well, because this is what living this is what living really is. And, and that's how my, my shifted values happen. And I remember when I finally sort of accepted them, it felt like, oh, my values are all aligned to who I am. And I felt like I had this inner compass that instead of going, oh, yeah, no problems, I'll do overtime or no problems, I'll go away with work or no problems, I'll do this. Instead, I was starting to make choices that set up boundaries. I mean, I've been through burnout in my career before now, and and I know that's because I didn't have these boundaries. And now they've they've made me enforce boundaries because I realized that they matter more than anything. And, And I remember somebody saying that, they couldn't go to a parent's evening because of a work event. And I remember just sitting there thinking their daughter was upset about it. And I felt like I never want my kids to feel that I've chosen work over them. Mm-hmm. There has there has to be an element of this is the season of life where they come first. 
and I have to make earning money to keep a roof over our head, doing something that I'm passionate about and using some potential that I've got, not, you know, feeling like I've had to take a step back completely, but that has to come first. And that's where, you know, my business then has to mold around it. But then I realized my business has to be quite important, you know, and, and using my my purpose-led values. I couldn't just do something just for the money. And that's when I started to explore ideas. And I was like, oh, I could make money doing affiliate schemes over here on Amazon selling this product. But I was like, that's just to make money. I don't want to just make money. I want to I want to show my kids that you can do something in life that is, has meaning, that is purposeful, that I can bring them in on the journey. And, and, you know, my son listens to some of the podcasts. My son sets up my mic and things. And, and it's really nice to have them on that journey. I'm sorry, I've forgotten what the second question was that you asked me to think about. Um, first, it was just what, what success was look, uh, looks like, as, which you described. And then the, the second part was, do you think it's possible to have it all as a parent? Because it's balancing that your values, your family, career, money, oh, all of yeah. that. It's quite a lot to handle. And sometimes I feel like we have to make that choice, which mm. is something that I've touched on in a previous episode where I talked about one of my own self-limiting beliefs was that I cannot be a good mom and have yeah. a yeah. successful career. I still had yeah. to make a choice. I chose to be a good mum. But I think, what, what do you think? Is it possible to have mm. a job? So I used, this was always my objective. So that was like the thing. I want the amazing business, the success over here, and to be an amazing mum. Like you, you know, can and, and you feel like it's a choice. People always put the perception on you that it's a choice. I remember, you know, people sort of judging me and being like, why are, you, why are you starting a business when you've just had a baby? Like, why are you doing that? That's taking away. And I, I sort of had to almost ignore that noise and think, okay, I like Michelle Obama's approach to this. She talks about basically having seasons in life where for a 10 year period, she supported her husband's career and she was a good mum and wife. And I think when we take that pressure off and say, okay, it's okay in this season right now to just be good, you know, awesome and focused on one thing and everything else ticking over. And I kind of feel that that's what I do now. So I've got a 12 week, well, 13 week old baby. We were just talking about him. And I've had to basically, I ramped up my business because kids were in school, things were going well, I could ramp it up. And when he was born, I knew there was going to be a period of, you know, six or eight weeks where I was barely going to do anything. And I had to be okay with that. So I accepted that in that season, we're just getting settled in with little Luca. I've got to figure out a whole new routine. And my business is just going to tick along. It's going to be there. Lifestyle Entrepreneur Podcast is going to be out every week, but we probably won't do three episodes. You know, that sort of thing. I will only do, I've done one masterclass since Christmas, whereas normally I'd be, I'd be crushing it and I'd have done four by now. You know, I've taken on just one new client since Christmas in terms of their website and email marketing build. Whereas I would have normally been like, okay, I need a few more. So it's that sort of recognition and acceptance that you've got to push out. I think you've got to push out the noise of the expectations of other people and the noise that is your conditioning that says you should only be doing this. You should be doing that. You should be doing the other. And just say Mm -hmm. to yourself, okay, what season do I want to be in right now? Where do I want to shift my focus to? And right now I'm with my newborn and settling him in with the kids um, and we're selling the house and the business is going to tick along. But when my newborn is settled into a childcare routine, that means for a couple of days a week, he's he's with somebody, he's only with somebody at the minute for a couple of half days, then I will ramp back up my business side of things. Mm-hmm. And also it's about getting creative, I think, as well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, block time, time in the evening when everyone's asleep and they don't notice or time for, you know, 
I remember a period when I was getting up at five in the morning just to sit in my office for an hour and do some work before the kids woke up and disturbed me. And I can see that happening again, but with a newborn, I, I'm kind of being even more creative. So for example, I've taken on a freelancer to work with me on any of the web projects that I get. So mm. it's not all on me and it, it makes you be more entrepreneurial in your thought. And this is one of the things I wanted to get across really in the Lifestyle Entrepreneur podcast and, and in my work is we are so conditioned to exchange our time for money. So that whole thing about having to do one thing well, like, yes, if you have a job and you have to show up for 37 and a half hours contractually and you have a, a family that requires 24-7 care, that's impossible. But yeah. if we can be more creative, and, and a lot of our communities are more creative with how they earn income and what they do with their income as entrepreneurs. So property investment, stocks and shares, giving yourself up for these future plans. You know, if I was in my 20s again, I would literally have put all that money that I was spending on a, a higher quality life, I probably would have stuck into property. And I probably mm. have passive income now and therefore be actually semi-retired as a parent and not need to worry about it at all. But as it happens, I'm only just embarking on that journey in the last couple of years. And that means it's it's hard now. You've got to make choices. Yeah, I think it is priorities, isn't it? I think, I mean, you don't only just have, a 12-week-old, you also have a four-year-old and a seven-year-old. I think we, it's important we mention that to our listeners because you're not just like juggling a baby, you're also juggling two other young young kids. And what, during that time, you're still trying to build your business. Um, I mean, superwoman there. <laughs> I, I had twins and, and it's like you do. So I'm in a different season now because my, my kids are 15. Um, so when they were young, definitely you do have to get up earlier before they get up so you can get stuff done and then you try to squeeze in things in wherever you can right and now I do a lot of podcasting um, not at the moment but uh, when I do my solo episodes I do in the car uh, whilst I'm waiting for my daughter where she does um, dance lessons because I spend a lot of time waiting for her so I think we do have to be creative as a parent um, just to get everything done that we want to get done can I just ask you um, another question is so we're talking as mums here and we have the babies, we're juggling all these things. How, do you think, what about the fathers? Because I, you know, you're juggling all of these things, but we, I'm a single mom, so I didn't, I don't have them around. But if, do you think there, there is some kind of inequality in this, how we create our lives and are caring for our families for, from your perspective? And also because you were in corporate environment, in tech which is very much male dominated how did that come across and what was your view on that do you think is equal no no absolutely not it's not and I'm not saying that I'm not saying that dads and, and men get an easier ride they they have different expectations but the expectation mm -hmm. on the mum is you do the life admin of the home you do mo you do the majority of the caring at the home you do the majority of the pickups if the child's ill they ring mum you know, and they want mum. And to be fair, part of your maternal instinct is that you want to be there. So, you know, you'll get a lot of phone calls. And uh, there is definitely a perception once you've had children that you are less committed to your job and you are less committed to your work. And I even see this in the business scene, you know, some mums not quite being taken. I, I took Luca to an entrepreneurial meetup and I was actually quite surprised. This was an all-female meetup. I was quite surprised that not all of them were very supportive of that because I thought women would understand but to, you know until you've been a mum I think you don't quite understand you don't appreciate how you how you have to turn into superwoman to be able to do these things 
But I also, I, I, from my perspective, I've, I believe that I am so much more efficient, productive, effective now because I have to be. And I would have wasted so much time before. But going back to your thing about the inequality side of things, it is really challenging. And there is an element of, you know, I want to do a drop off at school or the expectation is that I will do all the drop offs and I will do all the pickups. And if there is an ill child, I will st- I will stay at home or be the one that, that looks after them. And that expectation means that my career would suffer or my business would take, you know, now I have to be really firm about boundaries. No, I actually have an interview book, so I can't be doing that. But yet there's a part of me that's torn because family is my biggest value. If my kids are ill, I'm going to be there. I mean, we've rearranged this yeah. podcast because my kids were ill last week yeah. that yeah. You, you you had to accommodate. And I had to I had this inner dialogue that said, be a great mum or do the interview on the podcast that you know you need to be doing to move your business forward. But if I was if I was my husband, if I was the dad, I wouldn't have that worry because you know what? Sue's sorting it out. Sue's there. She'll deal with that. You know, he's he still goes away and works. He still does his thing. And, you know, that's also the expectation of him. I'll be honest with you. It's not from me necessarily, but societally, he takes on the role of caring and looking after for us. Obviously, this is different in your situation. So I appreciate that whilst I might be frustrated sometimes, it's always on me and, you know, the life admin and the responsibility often falls to my feet. There's an element of nurturing that I want some of it to. And there's an element of, I know he's got pressure and expectations that he's living out a conditioning that he should be looking after us and taking care of us. I shouldn't need to do this and that and the other because he will take care of it. But my my drive means like you, I want to be independent. I want to have my own business. I have loads of unused potential. I don't just want to do be at home all the time or do do one thing or another. So that comes into it. It's really interesting that you say that because I also remember being in a, in the corporate career once and there was a director of another, another team and he he and I were both struggling for this half eight meeting. We were struggling because that day we'd, we were dropping the kids off at school and with the traffic, it was really hard to get there. I think it was half eight or quarter past eight. And we both arrived there flustered last minute sort of go and then realised the meeting wasn't taking place. So we'd had this stress in the morning to get there and the meeting wasn't even taking place. And And I remember him saying to me, I try and take my kids to school or to school breakfast club drop off twice a week because me and my wife share it. I want to be involved. He was a really active dad. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as a mum, you're kind of looking at him going, wow, I want, you know, this is like amazing. I want a dad like this. Um, And then you got talking to him and you realised that he was really struggling because the expectations on him were that he should be there. And whilst it was almost, Sue, I know you're going to be late because you've got the kids to drop off, you know, like you're a mum. The expectation, they didn't say the same thing to him. The expectation was he would be there. He didn't have kids to drop off. His wife would take care of all that. And that for him to have to go, well, no, I do it on these two days and I want to do it. That it's not just, I have to, and you you do almost say, I have to do it as an excuse. But the reality is maybe you want to be an active dad or mum. Maybe you want to do those things. And that societally, we're just not letting people, we're not letting women choose whether they want to be, all at the all in the career and all in the business or all at home or or actually doing both and I'm pro both I'm pro both parents yeah. doing as much of both as you can because I think I believe children need that and my kids yeah. my kids certainly love it yeah no I think and no, I think it's very it's just that an observation I I go to Sweden quite often so I was raised there and then that perception is quite different because over there they have shared maternity um 
leave as well. And then also when a child is sick, it's never a matter of the mum stays home or the dad stays home. It's very much equal, much more equal because they're both supported to be part of that parenting journey. And also when you go to the, you know, like the playground, we normally see mostly women in playground. Um, this was now quite a few years for me ago, but, you know, like in playgroups, there are no men there. But like somewhere like Sweden, they, there's actually a lot of men out there. So it's much more better and more mixed. So I think it's just the way it works in this country. And I, I've just made that observation. It's like, where, where's all the men? Yeah. And like you say, they do have the other expectations on them that they have to um, perform in the career. And then they can't actually make a different choice if they decide to. That's kind of like frowned up. So I guess it's the, the reverse. So what do you see is the this biggest struggle with your clients that come to you and they want to shift from nine to five and now they're coming to build a business? What what do you think is the sort of the biggest barrier in that move? Yeah, a lot of it is around the conditioning and the support. So to them, the traditional career is really secure. It, it pays them a paycheck every single month. They can guarantee on it. And whereas when you're in the entrepreneurial world, you you're you, you're income can be up and down you have to work it as a business but also it's that it's that surrounding network and support that says oh this happens you know unless they're surrounded by business owners entrepreneurs you know their parents have had businesses they generally we are we're just reluctant to accept that that's a path we could take or you know we believe that entrepreneurs and it doesn't help that we see Richard Branson and Bill Gates and Elon Musk in the press and they're just so far removed from reality and I'm not saying that that's my goal at all but for many people they see those as entrepreneurs and think well I'm not that so I'll carry on doing this and my limiting belief my fixed mindset says I'm good at what I do I'll carry on doing what I do for as long as I can and keep changing companies and just sidestepping my career when the reality is those same skills can often be applied either in a freelance consultative or other sort of knowledge-based business you know there are lots of people now who are taking the knowledge that they've got and the pandemic sort of spurred this on Mm. the knowledge they've got in their corporate career and they're turning it into an online business so if you know how to do something here's an example from from my own network people who've, who've asked for my support on building their courses out and this is people who will train you how to be a data analyst so I can train you how to use a tool called Power BI which lots of businesses use to do their data analysis you might have been a data analyst in a team for many years and learned how to do this skill. You can now train other people. You can now do a digital course or you can do mentorship or online. You can sell B2B. This is how one of my clients is selling B2B on the market to other companies who need people trained in Power BI. It's such a simple model that if you have skills and experience in something, you can then train somebody else or you can then share that wealth of knowledge through content creation. That means other people can learn from you. And lots of us have this imposter syndrome. We have this lack of confidence and self-belief that tells us, no, you can't do that. You're not good enough. You're not like those people. You're 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 only able to be a doer for this company. And, you you know, we've, all, we've just become suppressed in this cage. Um, and I always remember this, the story of the elephant that was that was tied by a rope to a, to a stake in the ground, a baby elephant. And you've probably heard this as well. They can, yeah. The baby elephant can only move as far as the rope. So, And that's fine because the rope can hold it when it's small. But when the baby elephant grows up, and this is what we've done, we've grown up, we've matured in our careers and in that skill set of what we do, our domain, 
the elephant still thinks it can't break away on this rope. And the reality is the mm-hmm. elephant is far stronger than this rope and the stake in the ground and could break away at any point. But this mm-hmm. has become your comfort zone. This has become the zone you roam and you're conditioned that this is what this is like the boundaries of what you're capable of. Mm-hmm. And I see so much wasted potential and people who just don't have confidence in themselves. And that's the biggest thing. Probably, you know, 80% of it is, proving to people showing people who have self-doubt and lack of confidence that if they just do a little bit more they'll get you know that you will break out of that cycle done a lot of research on resistance lately because I've been experiencing a lot since I've had baby Luca because I've been out of recording content for so long I'm like okay now we're weeks down the line get back in front of the mic Sue and feeling that resistance so I know what it feels like and I fully appreciate it for people but understanding a what the opportunities are and B, overcoming your resistance to growth mm. are, the two, are the two areas that I help most with. And then it's, okay, how do I put the systems together? What do I need to grow an email list? How, what tool, tech tools do I need? And that's all the really tactical stuff um, that yeah. does, is second nature to me. So what is, so you've been on this journey now for what, seven, a bit longer than that. How long have you been an entrepreneur now since you left? Was it so I've been the an first entre- child or the second one? second one so I've been an entrepreneur for four years now um and yeah the the time that I spent between Seb and Amelie you know I I just regret not having started the journey sooner because you do it you know for two years the first two years I was in this inertia you know I really struggled to get momentum and I would try business ideas like I said earlier on I would try something just to make money so that I could replace my salary and I that didn't align with my values and didn't feel right. And then I'd try something else and then I'd stop, start on ideas because I had that, oh, this failed or this launch didn't work. Right, let's let's start from scratch, start a whole new thing. And mm. you have to go with something for a while before you realize whether it's, it's going to be successful and you have to accept the failures. And instead of resetting completely from the start, it's learning from it to take the next step. And that's, there's a massive period of growth you do as an entrepreneur. So what's your top tips? Let's say top three tips when entrepreneurs thinking of, well, want to be an entrepreneur. They want to make the jump. They, they really are not aligned with what they're doing currently. Now they, they really want to like take the plunge. What was your top three tips for them to save them some time and then, um, so that they don't have to learn the hard way? Yeah. Well, the first the first one's definitely got to be about your vision. You've got if you're going to be on a journey and this is what I did wrong. You know, I was on a journey just to make money at the beginning. And the problem with that is you're not aligned with your values. And when you get to that end goal, it's not what you want to do anyway. And I remember getting off on this journey, doing leadership coaching, helping people get into leadership in corporate careers and feeling so oh my gosh, I'm helping you to fit a square peg into a round hole. That doesn't align with my values. And why am I helping you to do this? And then when I realized I just want to help people to build their business that works for their life, it was like, oh, this is a eureka moment, this aligns. So whatever your vision is, is really important. And also the vision in terms of the life structure. So how do you want to spend your days? What do you want to spend it doing? Who is that person you want to become and be for your family, for your friends, for your relationship in life? What are all the things that you dream of doing? If it's traveling, then starting a physical store on a high street is not going to serve you. So I made lots of decisions in the beginning that you you can avoid making mistakes because what you do is you set out your vision. You have complete clarity over what that is. You keep mellowing on it. You go on long walks and think about it. You talk about it with people until and you talk about people who are doing the thing that you want to do. And you talk to them and watch them and you think, 
do I want to do this? Can I do this? Is this what I want my life's work to be? And you set out that vision. So I'm I'm a big believer in vision. If you don't know where you want to get to, if you can't see the end goal, then you're obviously going to make wrong turns. But here's the thing. Once you know that, try making decisions that keep going in that direction. So every time you make a decision that says, oh, I'll take this promotion, even though it's taking away from building my side hustle because I've now got less time. Or every time you sign up for a new project or a new club, think about, is that aligned with my values? You know, are these things part of my vision? And if they're not, you're heading in the wrong direction. Keep course correcting. So that's Mm. the first thing I would definitely say is really important. Uh, The second one is around your business idea and getting your book out and brainstorming all your business ideas and then talking to other people about them, thinking creatively. I remember talking to a mum and she was like, I love kids parties and I love cake making. And she's really good at it, really creative. She does these amazing kids parties and she bakes these incredible cakes for them as well. And she was like, but I don't want to do that because I've got young kids and I don't want to spend all my weekend doing other people's kids parties. And I don't want to spend it baking either. So we were sort of looking at it creatively thinking, well, get on Pinterest, do Mm. some advice for parents. How can we put content out there, a blog out there or a Pinterest set of Pinterest boards that mean you can monetize it in the future? And that's what she started doing. And you don't need to think in the confines of I must do X. I must therefore show up an event plan for somebody. Maybe you can help people, give them tips Mm. and experience and knowledge that helps people to do it for themselves or even helps people in the trade who want to do cake baking well I don't know how to bake a cake that's going to be shaped like a barbie but you can tell me and when I get commissioned to make one I can come to your website your youtube video and watch it Mm -hmm. so that's Mm -hmm. where she's at and I think just brainstorming your ideas around your creativity around how you can monetize it but remembering that's you know that's secondary passion focus remembering that in those ideas if it's something you don't love are you really going to power through when it's hard because this is the thing, when you're at a, when you're in a business, and I remember a business coach said this to me once, when you have a job and your side hustle is there and your side hustle feels really hard, like, oh, I hate this, I don't want to do this, you're not interested in the content or anything, like, that's supposed to be the bit you enjoy, that's the bit to get you out of your nine to five that you're supposed to enjoy, so if you hate it, you're doing the wrong thing. And I'm I'm a firm believer that it's life life's work. And if it's life's work, you're going to keep learning. And like I'm still learning about confidence and self-doubt and conditioning and trying to help people with that. So I'm only going to learn it if I'm passionate and interested in it. So I think that's mm. really important for your second one. Um, and your third one is get around people or get yourself mentors, coaches around people who are heading in the same direction because you are the people who you hang around with. It made a massive boost to me. I was like a lone ranger. And as a lifestyle entrepreneur, you are so lonely because you're literally at home. Most people are work from home, work from the garden shed or whatever, or traveling on the beach, but you don't meet people. You have to get yourself out there or meet up. You have to even artificially connect with other entrepreneurs. If that means listening to your podcast or listen to my podcast, so you feel like you've got a buddy, you feel like you've got somebody on the same journey, do that. That's how I artificially created it at first before I joined masterminds, before I joined meetups and got myself out there networking. And like I say now I take Luca so that is like a massive massive boost for anybody thank you so much for sharing those tips and I think they're super helpful because I think sometimes we do forget we're like frantically trying to find something we want to do we want to switch this thing to the other thing but we end up creating another monster that we hate and then we're still not earning as much money as we did before and I think we we fall into that trap so often and um so how do we um 
become part of your network and connect with you. Um, so if we want to get some help with maybe building our lifestyle business and also, um, yeah. Yeah. How do we absolutely. find you? Thank you. So definitely check out the Lifestyle Entrepreneur Podcast. We'll pop a link in the show notes. So Lifestyle Entrepreneur Podcast, there's loads of tips, mindsets, guests on there to help you with that. If you want to find out more about my work, I have a website, suparker.io. And I'm also on social media. I'm on TikTok, Instagram, and LinkedIn. It's I am Sue Parker. Perfect. Great. Thank you so much for talking to us, Sue. Um, and I'll let you go back to baby Luca. Thank you so <laughs> it's much. Pick up, no, it's not pickup time yet, but it's lunchtime. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's been real, really interesting talking to you. Thank you so much, Sue. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you would like more tips, ideas, and thoughts on how to launch, grow, and scale a purpose-driven business, and also hear from other purpose-driven entrepreneurs about their journeys please follow the podcast and remember, lead with purpose.